Do you struggle with a dry, dull, tangled, or itchy beard? Maybe you find little beard hair curls all over the bathroom sink. Have you found that most beard products are too greasy, don't soften your beard, or smell bad in general? If this is you, there is a simple solution to your problem. If you are looking for a change and to level up your beard game, then you need to try Nine Hair Co. Beard Products. These products were created for men of color, all natural and organic premium oils for maximum quality. Nine Hair Co. products will nourish, protect, and soothe your beard and skin. The beard oil is designed for clean shaven to medium beards, while the beard balm is designed for medium to thick beards. Both products relieve itching during growth, adds moisture, and promote shine. Can you use beard oil and the beard balm together? Absolutely, yes you can. For more information on leveling up your beard, click the link for 9hairco.com in the description box below. the radio show atl the aftermath the interview show you didn't know you needed in your life is back all right got m16 and we got our homeboy big debo from my black friend podcast hanging out i do debo, this show up? more than i do my own show Nick. well you know you 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 know always welcome the doors always open but um listen, glad you are here I, man yeah listen like you said the other day in the chat i'm like the cousin to just keep coming over and inviting people over yep Feet on the table or whatever, but that's all right. Come on in, sit on down. You you more Listen, than welcome. Auntie gonna grip me a plate. She gonna have she my gonna plate. She gonna get you a plate. She's like, she gonna come plate. on in, get your plate. Yeah, that, that's plate. what it is. And yeah. speaking of being welcomed in, we're welcoming in Dan Spencer. Dan is a music mentor and coach, a music expert. Um, we're gonna talk to him about. He's written books. He's coaching, mentoring. A whole author. A whole, whole actual thing. author, not just any author, but like a best-selling author, like in Amazon, like he's yes. in the top creme de la creme. So like he's legit. And then smashed in there. In between that, he's also got his own YouTube channel for his podcast as well. So he's got a wealth of knowledge. So let's bring him in and let's get some of that knowledge, Debo. Absolutely. You are now listening to the radio show. I just want I, don't to- th- I don't think anybody would be outraged by you okay. disliking raisins. Like that's not that's not enough of a staple like favorite food everybody like when last time you seen somebody eating raisins like just a box of raisins okay okay hey when you go down the you go to the grocery store and you go down the aisle where the raisins are that shit is always fully stocked (laughs) always fully stocked have you ever seen some raisins (laughs) you're listening to the radio show atl on youtube and all other podcast providers all right the radio show atl the aftermath back on the air all right and we got hanging out with us music mentor dan spencer dan thanks so much for coming on the show and making the time we definitely appreciate it m16 devo thank you so very much for having me your hospitality and your legendary senses of humor which are already got me in stitches before we even started rolling so thanks so much for having me i'm stoked to be hanging with you oh for sure and we're gonna go ahead and continue that good time here getting to know you and your story a very interesting story i should say so dan to start off with your your background so you know, obviously to be a music coach and mentor and then in the end be an expert, um, you have to have love for music. So can you point to when you knew that music was a great love for you? 
Well, yes, but there's a story there. You want to hear the story? Let's hear it. Okay. So when I was six, I picked up a guitar with some rusty strings. It was in my grandma's house and I started plucking on it. And all of a sudden my family started giving me attention and little six-year-old me thought, hey, what is this? When I make music, people give me attention. This is nice, I like it. Then sure enough, we fast forward about seven years. We got 13, 14 year old me and I've got a guitar, no rusty strings this time, all six, they're working fine. And there's some girls around and I start playing the guitar and guess what happens? I get some attention. And so Dan's thinking, huh, when I do this music thing, I get attention. I like attention. I'm going to do this music thing. So it started out being very, very selfish. Like I wanted to make myself feel good. I wanted to make myself feel loved. I wanted the attention, the approval of everyone around me. So I got that when I made music. And so really, it's been a journey of me of self-discovery of how it's not really about me and how it's about everyone else and how I'm now in a position to help other people. And that when I make other people the rock star, when I make other people the hero, when I make my story not about me, but about the legacy and how I'm going to impact other people's lives, that is the key. Oh, see, I like the way you took that dance. So we went from, you know, the humorous part of, you know, me, me. <laughs> and then <laughs> you took that and you put that right into a place of humility and you know, gratitude. So that that was, you know, great to hear that. And, you know, for some people who are going to watch this, they're going to say, well, what does Dan do? So as a music mentor, if someone was to ask, what is that? Can you describe that for? A music mentor is the most trusted advisor that you could ever have in music who can scale all the way down to tactical music lessons like here's a guitar, you put your finger here, you do this with this hand, you do this with th this hand, all the way up to, oh, you're thinking about what your place in this world is in relationship to music, let's work on that. So I scale all the way down to teaching nuts and bolts, things about singing, guitar, writing songs, a little bit of music production, and then I scale all the way up to looking at big pictures of things because I found out through this journey of making myself a better person, which I'm on. I'm not there. I'm not coming in telling you I'm perfect or anything like that. It's all a journey, but all these tips and tricks and ways of thinking, because the most important thing is the way you think. All these ways that I've learned of thinking along the way, I can pass these along to people and they go so much deeper and so much further than the tactical nuts and bolts of learning a music, uh, musical instrument or learning to sing because I believe that when we pursue music, we discover who we really are. So I've written a couple books on you know how to understand music, music theory, guitar, piano, things like that. My newest book is called The 14 Unshakable Laws of Learning Music. It's out now. And so this really is magnifying and expressing this shift from nuts and bolts, how to play guitar, through let's zoom out and let's look at the principles of things and how things work. What are the 14 laws, the 14 unshakable laws of learning music that you can apply to any instrument and singing? Man, I, I love that answer, man. Just, you know, you break it down. It's like, you know, reading the stories, like from beginning to end, you break down everything with that. So. We just want to reiterate here, the handsome face that you're looking at there is Dan Spencer, who loves him some attention. All right. And to see that, you can uh, search for him uh, on YouTube, Music Mentor Dan Spencer. I follow him on, on Instagram at Music Mentor Dan. And his website is MusicMentorDanSpencer.com. Big Devo, do you have something? 
for dance. Yeah, dance. absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you have written several books. Not just that you've written several books, but you've had best-selling several books on Amazon and other platforms. And I understand your music journey. You you've kind of encompassed that. How do you take? How do you create a book? How do you go and take? Decide that I want to put this on pen to paper and write a book. How did you? How does your process start? How does that even? Because you've written, written several books, so that's impressive in its own right. But how is your process when it comes to creating a book like that? Sure. So I have two different processes. One is for the nuts and bolts, and one is for the high level principles. Uh, they both start the same. They both start with me reading every single book that exists that I can find on the subject so I can see what everyone's covered and I can see what everyone's missed. And then once I find what everyone has missed, and when I say every book, guys, I mean I have got like a bookshelf of books. For every one book I created, there is an entire row on my bookshelf of just other people's books that I went in and read. And so I figured out, okay, what are these guys missing? And then part of that too is to sit down with clients, with students, and actually test these ideas on them. Because back in the day, when people were writing music books, they were sometimes a little stuffy, they were sometimes a little boring, and they sometimes didn't work because they were not actually tested on a couple dozen or even a couple hundred students to see what actually works for most people. So what I'll do is I'll read everything I can get my hands on on the subject. I'll take courses that everyone makes on the subject. I already have two degrees in music, so I understand most everything. But what I'm looking at is I'm looking at just the diversity of outlook and the diversity of oh, vectors and attack points on a single subject that people are coming from. And then I see where the missing pieces are. And if there are missing pieces, then I'll write a book. But if I don't feel that there's missing pieces, and if I don't feel I'm going to contribute something to the conversation overall, then I don't do it because I feel like other people have done it. And then when someone asks me what my recommendation is, then I'll tell them, oh, go check out this person's book. Oh, go, go check out this person's book. Because just to sit there and regurgitate someone else's thing, just to put my stamp on it, not really worth my time, if that makes sense. So that, that's how it starts off. It starts off with a lot of research. And then the research is twofold. Like I said, it's reading and then it's testing. It's testing out on real people. It's, you know, getting my fiance who is not a is not a music person to sit down and be like, all right, what do you think of this? What do you make of this? Read this, come back to me. Tell me. Because if she can get through a whole thing and she understands it, then it's like, all right, most people who have no idea are gonna be able to sit down and understand this. And even someone who has a little bit of background in music and maybe doesn't have a lot of technical skills or a, a depth of, we could say, music talk, you know, like all the specific terms and all the fancy language. So after that, I'll get an outline, right? So I've done all my research to get an outline of all the missing pieces, and then I start fleshing out the outline. And then I have a manuscript. And then I go through that three, four, five, maybe six, seven, eight, maybe nine, ten, twenty times. Notice I jump from nine to twenty because my goodness, sometimes <laughs> it's a lot. Right. And then when I think it's about as good as it can be, I leave it alone for about two weeks and I come back and I found out it wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be. So I go back and hit it some more. Mm -hmm. And then once that's at a place where I feel like it's saying what it needs to say, I get my book designer who's incredible. His name is Adam Hay. He actually is in the UK. He's a, he's a Brit. And he does book design for a lot of the major music book uh, publishing companies that are out there. And he's been in the game for like 40 years. He's just like tried and true pro. And then I bring him my stuff and he tells me what he thinks is gonna work, what he 
doesn't think is going to work. And we will have radical candor conversations around what he thinks to be true and what I think to be true. We'll go back and forth and just let each other have it. And by doing that, we create something better than what either one of us would make on our own. And then from there, it goes to publishing. And would you like me to go into depth about the publishing? Absolutely. Because like cool. I said, I'm, I'm not a book writer. I read books, but it was it's just I've never met an actual author. So I feel like this is interesting in the fact that you can create anybody can create something Anyone. out of nothing is just it's just a brilliance to me that I've not yet re reached. So I'm definitely interested in, in the entire process because it seems like this is a very in-depth, very technical process. And not even just technical because you also have to research and you actually are implementing ideas. So there's a actual science behind it that most people don't really know about. Yeah, but I will say this. The mindset is not, oh, I need to be an author to write a book because no one's an author until they write their book. So it's like, if anyone's listening to this, and you're like, oh, I've always wanted to write up a It's like, just do it. Just do it. It's like, just do right. it. You're, the only way you're going to be, be it is just do it. Just right. five minutes a day. Just do it. So uh, so we get uh, Adam Hay to get the design good. Then I'll bring it to an editor. Then I'll bring it to a copy editor because I make grammar mistakes. Sometimes there's a way of saying something that's going to be more simple than what I thought of. So I bring other other voices in to take a look at that. And then once it's looking pretty good, then I will publish it. And right now I do publishing on Amazon. And so there's all sorts of tools that you can use on Amazon to actually help you get a number one bestseller and help you to hit number one ranking. So you can actually go through and pick categories that are related to music that might be easier or more difficult to actually hit that number one bestseller slot. You can also do things where you try and get 200, 300, 400 of your best friends to all buy it in the same hour and that'll shoot it up in the, in the rankings. Uh, that's called timed buying. But then there's also, you really just try and create something that is not going to be for today, it's not gonna be for tomorrow, that it's going to stand and still be there in a hundred years. I, I feel like if you can create something where you're like, this will still be here a hundred years from now, and this will still hold water, and all these things will still be true, and this will still be helpful, that's, that's the thing. That's the key. Because then the book continues to sell, and then the book gets positive reviews, and you know, I've definitely learned more about getting positive reviews in the past six months. And I was not leveraging that before. So you'll see I've got some books out there that have done very well and they sell, but I was not asking people to review it. And people get so busy that unless you put a thing in your book that asks mm -hmm. them very nicely, hey, excuse me, madam, sir, would you pretty please take five minutes of your day or one minute of your day and just hit those five stars on Amazon for me, if you would please, ever so kindly. Uh, so that's a new one. So, well, we're, 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 uh, we're all growing, we're all learning and that's, that's about high level process, but you know, I'd be happy to dive in and break any part of that down further or talk about anything else you want to. That's, no, no, that's exactly what I was looking for. It's just every, first off, Amazon is just helping everybody with everything, right? Regardless of, of what you are doing, Amazon has become such a, a giant, but the entire process seems very like I said, very scientific and very technical. And even though anyone can be. do it, it seems to me that you have mastered this and become a real savant in regards to creating something. And not just, I mean, you obviously you create music, but 
but in just creating something that's going to last that even when we're dead and gone, someone will be able to pick this book up and learn something from it. And that's just always the inspiring thing. So I, I definitely appreciate the breakdown because I've never known how that process starts. So that's actually interesting to me. But 16, you know, well, what do you got? If, if I could interject real quick, there is yeah, actually a absolutely. much quicker way of doing it too. And the fastest way you do it is you actually, in your voice notes on your phone, you mm. speak your book. So you basically just speak your thoughts for an hour or two. And then you hand that off to someone to just type it up or you get a software like Descript that just turns audio into text. Then you take that text and you send it to an editor for like 300 bucks, like turn this into something okay. And right. so it doesn't have to be this long process. You could actually get a book done in like two days if you really wanted to. So you don't have to do all the research. It doesn't have to be something that's going to stand the test of time. If you want to have a book right now with your name on it and put it out, you can do it honestly in like a day. You just well, talk it, you send it out for transcription, someone transcribes it. You don't need to know a lick about editing. You send it off to someone who can edit, and this is what they do. You get them on Fiverr, you get them on Upwork, wherever, and they will edit it for you. And then you go back to Fiverr and you hire someone to make you a book cover for five bucks. And like, that's it. You just go on, it. there's kdp.com, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. Anyone can publish, like, literally, there's no barrier to entry. Anyone can publish on Amazon. So you could make a book in a day and go publish it. So, like, go have fun. Absolutely. That, now, that might be something I could do. Say, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> that might be something I could do. Big Debo, a memoir. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the, the audio version of his book gonna have to be read by Samuel L. Jackson, though, because absolutely, oh. so many MFers in there is gonna be crazy. <laughs> his whole life is a movie, so yes, gonna need Samuel Jackson for that one. And I want to point, I want to point out something too, Dan. That you said a word like we get a wealth of information from the guests that we speak to, but one thing you said was just like it should be on a shirt that you're not an you, you're not an author until you write something. So write something. It's it's a brilliant line. It is. Absolutely. People always wait for someone to give them permission, for someone to grant them permission to be the thing they want to be. And the only person whose permission you need is yourself. You have free will to act as you will in this life. Your life is what you make it. So step up to the plate, whatever it is you wanna do, whatever your dream is, get up, make it happen. Don't wait for anyone. You give yourself permission. You decide to turn that light on. Today's the day, let's go. Man, Dan got me ready to run through a wall. I'm like, I'm ready to block right. somebody. Yeah, like I'm ready you to You are now listening to the radio show. people who yeah. work abroad for business purposes. 16, you don't have to keep this in there. In, well, you probably won't, but I assume that's what it was because I've always seen like African people use it to call their family back in Africa. That's, so I just- that's, that's staying in. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so then uh, another question here for you with, I'd like to know, as someone who is absolutely a music expert, what is your take on the current landscape of music? So we're in what we like to call the streaming era. Do you feel like right now this is a prolific time in music? Or as an expert, do you see some things that could be improved on when it comes to circular you know, commercial music? It is without a doubt a prolific time in music. Never before have consumers had the entirety 
of almost the history of music ever in their pocket to listen to any of it on a whim. This is, from a consumer standpoint, this is the golden era of music. Like, we've never had anything. Like, before it was $20, $30 to get a CD. Do you guys remember? Hey, real talk. I'm going to date myself here. But do you remember in the supermarket when there was a hit record? And I mean a hit record. The Absolutely. supermarket was buying copies of it to sell to moms doing their shopping at $30 yeah. a pop. They oh, The supermarket Absolutely. always marked it up like crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to get those moms at checkout. And it was like whoo, $30 for 12 songs, you guys. Yeah. So yeah. the flip side of that, obviously, is that creators are really in a pinch because you cannot make money in the same way as you did before. But there's always two sides. There's always at least two sides to everything, which is that music is now democratized to the point where there are no gatekeepers that you need to go to and ask permission to get your music out there and to make a name for yourself. The one thing I would encourage anyone who's getting into music and is not highly technically proficient on an instrument or singing to model would be the influencer model. So it's like one of the things you do is music and then you have a build, you, you build a following and then you monetize based off the following that you have is how you could make money one-to-one. -one. Or you throw that out the window and you just do whatever it is you need to do to make the money to survive and then you spend the rest of your time and focus on music. But within that, I think it's always important to consider, and I never thought about this when I was younger, so I would love to give this to anyone out there who's like, you're, you're just like, oh my gosh, trying to string pennies together to make this thing work. There's a thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs and it was invented by this guy called Maslow. What it is, it's a triangle. And down at the bottom, the base of the triangle or the base of the pyramid, that's all the things you need to survive. That's eating, that's sleeping, that's having a roof over your head. And as you go up the triangle, well, you have to have the previous part of that triangle to keep building up. It's like a pyramid. If you don't have the base, the whole thing falls over. You try and build a pyramid like a Christmas tree with like a little base like that, the whole thing, like imagine, imagine the pyramids of Egypt. But like with a little Christmas tree trunk on there, that thing's going to fall over. It's not going to stay there, right? So you need that base. You need that foundation. So if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, sometimes it can be very difficult to think about things like music because music is this, this expression of yourself. It's these emotions. And on the other hand, sometimes that can be the driver that will push you to find new parts of yourself and bring you to new levels of achievement because you're so hungry, because you have no other choice, because your back is at the wall. Man, Dan, yeah, man, you you should be like a, a not necessarily like a, a public speaker, but like a motivational speaker. Like that's like mm -hmm. part of it. Because like I said, you you have uh, this way of explaining things where it's educational, but it's also motivational as well. It's like, you know, you're able to weave those, those two, uh, I guess, ways of looking at things into each other. So that's a great trait to have. And it kind of leads me into my next question about when you're mentoring someone. You know how people say someone has it, that person has it. Hmm. Is it easy for you to tell when you're mentoring somebody that they have it? Or with some, once they get coached up, you can see the potential coming out of? There's a very, very, very critical piece right here. And that is work beats talent when talent doesn't work. I'm gonna say it one more time. Work beats talent 
when talent doesn't work. I have had the pleasure and the fortune of working with tremendously talented individuals, and I have had the pleasure and the fortune of working with some, I mean, unfortunately untalented people. I mean, just like tone deaf, cannot sing a note, and I will tell you the difference between the talented people and the not talented people, even if someone has that it factor. Do you know who's going to make it the furthest at the end of the day? It's a person who wants it the most. Talent does not impact the 14 things that you need to do to be able to get better at music. Talent doesn't stop you from avoiding bad habits. Talent does not help you learn things in the right order. Talent does not help you find good sources of music information. Talent does not stop you from listening to negativity from other people. That's just four out of the 14. So if we take those, those are really significant things that could stop someone down or indeed if they're overcome, guarantee someone's success. And talent has nothing to do with those critical pieces of the puzzle. So yes, you can tell when someone's got that it factor, but you know what the real it factor is? It's the hunger, it's the desire, it is the drive to achieve a result, a goal, a dream, to make manifest something that you've always wanted to do. The person who wants it the most makes it happen. Have you guys ever watched boxing or sports or football or MMA? The team that wants it the most, the fighter that wants it the most, you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. The person who wants it the most, outside of the odds of luck, right, which is like, what, 2% of the time, walks out of there, the victor, and it's the same in all things. You've got to want it, and if you don't want it, but you think you want it, you have to ask yourself why. So it's like, for me to figure out, I wanted attention for music. It was like, okay, I love playing music, why? Why? Because I get attention. Why do I like getting attention? Okay, I like getting attention because it makes me feel good. Why does getting attention make me feel good? Well, attention, getting attention makes me feel good because it makes me feel loved. I don't feel like when I was a child, I got enough attention for me. So I feel like I'm always trying to, to a certain degree, capture that feeling of people giving me attention and hold on to it and hang on to it because it makes me feel so good on the inside. And do you see how I just took such a brutally honest journey with myself by asking myself why's? And so my foundational, fundamental why of why I want to do music is because I want to feel loved. And so if you can tie whatever it is you're doing in your life to something that is so just brutally foundational and also true, and it's sometimes hard to admit these things are true to ourselves, but if you can admit these things are true to yourself, you will unlock a power, a drive, and an understanding of yourself unlike any other. So the people who have the it factor, the it factor that I care about is people who have their why on lock. Because those people, they will do what you ask them to do plus 100%. They will spend as much time as you ask them to plus 100%. On every time you give them feedback, they'll be like, yes, and what else? Please give me more feedback. How else? You know, like mentors are great. And there are some mentors out there who are so supremely gifted in their assessment of other people that no participation from the other person is required. But the way that I see mentoring is that it's a team sport because sometimes you are going to ask me a question that's going to spark inspiration in me that might have laid dormant and not been there otherwise. So it's like that's the it factor. Not the it factor of talent. Not the it factor of 
stage presence. While those are all important, especially if you want to be a performer, especially if you want to be the performer in front of the band, because look, if you don't have a lot of stage presence, but you want to be a performer, you also could still be in front of the band. You also could be, you know, backstage or like, you know, you drummer, a keyboard. Like, there's so many different options available for you depending on what you want. But the it factor is how much do you want it? Another great word from from Dan. He is, he's over here. Uh, you know, this is a hip hop oh, show. Fine. So he's over here spitting bars. He's spitting bars. All right, bars, bars over here. All right. <laughs> so again, that is music mentor. That is Dan Spencer. All right. So follow his uh, YouTube channel, Music Mentor Dan Spencer. Follow him on Instagram at Music Mentor Dan. And again, the website for all other information concerning him is MusicMentorDanSpencer.com. Debo, you are now listening to the radio show. Like I said, somebody just brought in check on Jane Girl Jones. And let me know if I need to Uber him some juice or some soup or something. I, I'm glad to do why, why it. Why you sending that man some juice like he can't eat solid food? Like, let me send him some <laughs> <laughs> Like he in a nursing home or something. <laughs> You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers. Oh, swing it back to you. Yeah. So, then I have a... First of all, I love that. You can apply. I know we're talking about in the realm of music, but what you're saying can be applied to anything in your life, right? If, if in regards to me and sixteen, if, if being a podcaster or just being the best at your job, right? But my question, I have a question for back in the music realm of what advice would you give a young artist on what to learn in regards to how to navigate the industry now? Right. Because like you said, there's so many different ways that an artist can go about becoming successful, building a fan base and monetizing that fan base or trying to go the route, the traditional route of going through, you know, different avenues of, you know, different uh, music executives and things of that nature. What advice would you give someone? What instruments should they be trying to learn? Hmm. Because you see oftentimes where somebody, they want to be a singer, but they really don't know how to compose a song. They don't know how the first thing about songwriting. So where would they start? What is the first thing they need to do? Okay. Well, there's about four or five answers in there. So rock with me as we go. So number one is there's a phenomenal book called Something Music Industry by Donald S. Passman, I believe, P-A-S-S-M-A-N, Donald Passman. And this guy, he's, it's, he's in the sixth or seventh edition of this. This is the definitive guide to the music industry, and he updates it every couple of years. So I highly recommend reading that book first because educating yourself is the best use of your time when you're trying to get to somewhere new. Like if you've never been there before, you've got to read what the A players have done, and then you've got to copy exactly what the A players have done. So number one, read Donald S. Passman. Okay, then number two, the question becomes, okay, what's your goal? Okay, if your goal, let's say your end goal is to produce songs. Okay, so number one, you should learn as much as you possibly can first about music theory. Then leverage your understanding of music theory into songwriting so you know how to write what is called the top line. So that's going to be the lyrics, the melody, and then adding some chords underneath. Now, already right there, that's a fair, fair amount of music theory that you're going to have. Then once you've done that, you can learn a little bit about arranging. And then finally, well, and along the way, I'd encourage you to experiment within a DAW or a digital audio workstation. These are going to be programs like Logic Pro, Reaper, Cubase, uh, Fruity Loops. There's so many different, uh, GarageBand, so many different, Ableton, so many different programs out there that you could use. So experiment in a DAW along the way and play with these ideas. Don't just let music theory be theory because theory that remains unleveraged is just theory. 
It's like people say knowledge is power. It's like, no, knowledge used is power. Knowledge is just knowledge. You have to use it for it to be powerful. So leverage the music theory. People will shun music theory and they'll say, oh, it's not worth my time. It's like, no, you don't understand how to use it. Because if you did, you'd be saving yourself. You know, you'd be doing 10 times the amount of work in 10 times less time. Someone check my math on that one, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And so it works out. It works. It, it, work, it works out. And so what happens is you take every step along the way. So it's like music theory. Then you understand how to write songs. You understand song structure, right? And that's going to go with the music theory. Then you understand how to develop melodies, how to develop phrases, how the melody works against chords and uh, the, the different ways of conceiving of that. And then what you do is you learn a little bit about arranging. And then you take all that, you put it in a DAW, then you need to learn mixing. Then you need to learn mastering. Then you need to learn how to distribute your song onto streaming platforms. You can do that uh, relatively inexpensively with a software platform called DistroKid. So that would be one example. Now, here's the thing. There's always going to be outliers. So if you're listening to this and you are one of the 10% of creative geniuses, you can find yourself someone who knows all this stuff already and partner with them. I don't know if you guys have seen the reels of there's there's this reel going around on uh, TikTok and Instagram. It's this one guy who plays the keys and this one guy who's a producer and he's got this, he likes to wear hats and stuff. And the producer guy, he'll sit there and kind of sing stuff at the guy with the keys. And the guy with the keys knows the music. The guy with, who's the producer, he's the creative genius. So if you're a creative genius, you don't need to spend your time doing all these things. You can find someone who knows all these things and do that. But that's a very, 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 very small amount of people. So ju just to call out those people for who they are, it's like you don't technically need all this stuff. If you use it, you will be unstoppable. You will be a one-person machine who no one will be able to stand in your way. And you could also save yourself time and partner with someone. So you can just be creative, come up with ideas, and have someone else figure out the nuts and bolts of it. Okay, so that would be a path to being a producer. Now, the most common argument I would hear from me saying that is someone says, well, you know, I wrote a song and then I learned music theory and then I stopped being creative. Okay, you wrote a song, you learned music theory, and then you felt like you weren't creative. Well, let me ask you guys this. If I asked you guys to ride on a unicycle, to juggle, and to sing Yankee Doodle all at the same time, do you think you'd be able to do all three on day one? No. 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 Probably, probably couldn't do all three on day 10. Yeah, but, you I know, do exactly. one on day 10. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to juggle. That right there is its own skill. We're going to yeah. ride a unicycle. That right there. Doing both those at the same time? Come on. Then you got to sing while you do it. It's like, what is going on? Right? And so for people, when you learn a new skill, it is normal that you are not good at implementing that skill. And it's so important to understand that in music, two things can happen. You are inspired or you are thinking. And these are two different ways of using your brain. When you're inspired, you're not really thinking. You're thinking, but you're in this flow state. You're on this different wavelength. You're tapped into this different energy, this different vibration, right? You're operating on a different level when you're inspired. And so what happens is people who have a gift or maybe they've just found their way into being inspired, they do that and they write songs and then they learn some music theory and then they go to write, but instead of being inspired, they're thinking about the theory, so they're not inspired, so the song is not as good. And they go, okay, because I'm not inspired, that means music theory is doing me a disservice. It's like, no, 
you haven't understood the theory deep enough and well enough for you to not think and leverage it within your music. So the key is anything you're going to learn in music, take it one piece at a time. You can't eat the steak in a whole bite. You got to cut it up into pieces. It's the same thing with music. Take one bite of the steak, finish chewing it before you get that second one. I mean, the only time I've ever tried to eat two bites of steak, I almost coughed and died. So it's like, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you, you got to go one bite of steak at a time, you master that, and then what you'll find is after a week or two, it's going to start showing up naturally in your inspiration because it becomes a part of you. So if anyone, if you have this belief inside yourself that you should not learn more about music because you think you're going to make yourself worse, you're not. You're going to unlock a deeper level of your creative potential than you ever thought possible, but you must do the work in order to get there. Otherwise, you will progress over the course of your life, but it's likely it will not be as fast. I'm not saying people can't have a breakthrough in a day. It's just, it's not that common. So essentially, the more you practice the theory, the more it becomes second nature and just become part of your process. And that way, when you do get the inspiration, you're gonna apply it basically without even knowing, like, like when you breathe. You automatically know how to breathe, you're just doing it. That makes sense because it's, that actually makes sense because what is the common saying? It takes what, 10,000 hours to become a master or something? So the more you practice the music theory, the better your music is going to be because you're going to just keep applying it just retroactively. I, I, that makes sense. Yes. And that could be used in any sense of life, actually, when you think about it. Another way of thinking about it is music theory is a tool. And the more tools you have, the cooler of a house you can build. Now, if I just handed you a saw and said build a house and I come back two weeks later and you're there flopping it around trying to hammer nails in with the, with, with the saw and it's just flopping around, it's like, okay, you had one tool, you know, you could go build a beautiful house just with a saw. People did it for hundreds of years. People even built houses without saws for hundreds of years. Like, we know you can do it, but my gosh, you can do it in like a day if you have the right tools and you have everyone who knows their job. So it's like, why would you want to sit there limiting yourself to one tool when the abundance of creative genius that is available to all of us as human beings is infinite and all you must do is show up and do the work to tap into it and to maximize it and to leverage what you're doing to then go out and make that creative thing the biggest best thing it can possibly be open up the toolbox i got you <laughs> nice I love the toolbox. I love it. <laughs> 16, what you got, bro? All right. So, Dan, I got a couple more here for you. And then we have uh, a question game that we do with our guests to open you up a little bit more, have some fun, see how you do as far as like decision making and things like that. So um, with my uh, next question here is that obviously you've already done many great things already. So it's not like you haven't been reaching goals. But how will you know in your heart that you reach the ultimate goal where you feel like you need to be. Where what would be that thing that lets you know, all right, this is what I was aiming for. This is the feeling I was looking for. When I can get someone from zero to fully writing songs in like 30 days with all the music theory intact that they need, like that would be it, or maybe 60 days. Like we have to we have to put some reality in there. That would be one goal for me. I think another goal where I know I'm going to be there is when I've said everything that I have to say, when I feel like I've passed on all the insights that I have around music because I think I see things in a way that not everyone sees it and that's really the value that I'm bringing. 
And so once I have passed that on and I have made the books, the courses, and I've come on podcasts with amazing podcast hosts who ask incredibly intelligent and insightful questions like yourselves, you know, doing things like that, that's going to be, you know, when I've said everything, I, when I've said everything I said, I was talking to my fiance the other day and I was like, I think at least another six years. Like, I think I got at least another six years of things I need to say, and then then we'll see. Because who knows? I may find a whole new gear and a whole whole bunch of new things to say then, but I've got like three, four, five more books that I know I want to do. I've got a couple more courses I know I want to do. And then we'll see if I have something more to add to the conversation. Oh, that's that's ambitious, you know? And then you left yourself open that one part of, hey, I feel like six years, but something might spark me in, in year five and a half, where it's like, oh, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So I like that mentality of, Knowing when I might have enough, but then knowing uh, being smart enough to know that something else may motivate you. So that's good as well. So then with this, like we were talking about, you're a wealth of knowledge, you know, and speaking in terms of hip hop, you've been spitting bars the entire time. And we discussed a lot of information and we may have missed something. Is there any upcoming projects, anything you'd like to give voice to that we might have glossed over or didn't mention that you'd like to mention now? Thank you so much for the opportunity. I would like to tell anyone out there, if you've been thinking about picking up an instrument or singing, I have a book that I made just for you. It's on Amazon right now. I have priced it as cheaply as Amazon will allow me to list it at. It is literally the cheapest I can make it while still listing it on Amazon as a Kindle option of $1.99. It's the cheapest Amazon will let me do it. And it's called The 14 Unshakable Laws of Learning Music, How to Master Any Instrument and Singing in Five Minutes a Day. If you wanna sing, if you want to play an instrument, if you've been doing it for a while and you are stuck, I literally dedicated a year of my life to make this book for you so you can move past and understand what is going on and you can make informed decisions about whether you should be using a software application, whether you should be using books, whether you should be using video courses, whether you should be going to a music teacher, how to figure all that out, how to set your goals, how to reach your goals, how to figure out what's important to you in music. Please, I'm I'm literally begging you, read this book because I want to help you. I want to help you so much. So I made this book for you. Check it out. I literally make, I think, about 30 cents per book. So e even if a thousand, thousand you buy it, it's, 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 it's not even going to cover the rent. I'm not in this for the money. I made this for you to help you. Go read it. Nice. $1.99 for that. We're going to have the uh, information for Dan's book also in the podcast description as well, you know, and, you know, show him some love. $1.99, I mean. That's cheaper than a meat chicken it. from McDonald's, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to count There's literally no excuse. You can't yeah. get a cheeseburger for that. So I don't understand. There's no yeah, excuse. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to count nobody's money, but we, we pretty much figure you got $1.99. If you're on Amazon, we know you got it with the money that's spent on Amazon. So Prime make sure is thing. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, show Dan some love when it comes to his book. He worked hard on it, and it's a wealth of information. You are now listening to The Radio Show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to The Radio Show. There is only one radio show, and this is it. You're listening to The Radio Show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. Information in there. So, with that being said, Dan, we've had, a, like I said, a great conversation We've asked you, you know, the questions about your career, things that you're doing. Now we're going to flip that and play our little question game. It's called Don't At Me. Now, here's the thing, Dan. Here's the funny thing. When you talk about our legendary sense of humor, I came up with this. 
All right, yeah. I came up with this. And the problem is I can't explain it. So I always do a horrible job of it. So I'm gonna have Devo explain to you what we're about to do so that I do not make a fool of myself while explaining. Which is sad, because this isn't even my show, but it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but um, the way that the game works is he's gonna give you a couple of options, maybe two, three, four options, and you're going to pick what is going to be the best option for you. And you can either choose to explain why you chose that option, or you can just simply say, don't at me. Like, don't at me on social media. This is my choice. I'm going to do it. Simple. So don't at me. Like, AT, don't at me? Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. I'm locked and loaded. Let's do this thing. I was born ready. M16. Let's rock. Nice. All right. Cool. So let's get into the first one here. All right. So, Dan. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer to eat out or are you a person that likes to eat at home? Ah, if my fiance is cooked at home any day because there is love in that food. Other than that, oh, hook me up with some eating out. I'm sorry. I just like totally ruined the rules of the game and picked both. No, no, no. That, that's your choice. I feel you. I'm the same way. Uh, my baby mama definitely be throwing down in the kitchen. Mm. And if you can't tell, I can throw down in the kitchen. But... <laughs> I definitely will choose to eat at home before eating out just because I know how I prepare my food. I know how I like my food. And while eating out is cool, I will definitely choose to, to eat at home. Don't ask me. All right. All right. Cool. 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 For me, eat out or eat at home. Um, it's, it's most definitely eating at home. It's just something about, you know, it's going to be fresh. You know, it's going to be good. And it's, it's essentially unlimited. You know, you can get as much as you need, as much as you want at your leisure. So it's it's at home, don't at me. But it's an honorable mention, like Dan said, because eating out, man, you go to that right restaurant, it's mm. so absolutely. Man. All right, so we're gonna get into the next one here. All right, so Dan, this is this this is a tough one here. I feel like if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which are the three that you would keep? Oh, uh, Internet Explorer, the, the uh, Google Chrome, I would okay. keep. I would keep my metronome music app because that's very useful i use that and i would keep the ability to send and receive text messages would be my right. three apps that i would that i would keep all right damn rattled them <laughs> rattled them off all right we wouldn't dare at you on that one all right he really you really threw me for a goddamn loop man because i didn't think about the text messaging and that isn't its own app it is its own app <sighs> Because, okay, first I would definitely say, like, Google Chrome, because I have to look up stuff. Like, my way of life now, I, if it ain't on the internet, I got to find it, right? So, Google Chrome. Um, I would probably say my podcasting app, because I love to listen oh, to podcasts. Spotify. Right, see? See, you forgot about it. I love to listen to people talk. I love podcasts. So, um, I think that, but then, yeah, Spotify will probably be next, and then text messages oh you know what no i'm gonna say i'm gonna say twitter i love this. or x no but you can because... do that on google chrome don't do that to yourself you can oh, do that on chrome you're right you're right see you that's right, why right, i kept right, chrome because right, right. you can do all the other stuff on chrome <clears throat> god almighty uh nope you know what it is i'm about to tell you uh whatever game i'm playing because mm. i'm a i'm a gamer and so I need something to keep me busy. So I, yeah, any video game, whatever video game I'm playing. Right now I've been playing Diablo. And so yeah, I would I would take that. Yeah. This is this is 
This is why I create these questions to get these profound <laughs> answers to some no, people. No, this is going to be crazy, though. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Um, okay, three Fs from my phone. Which ones would I keep? Um, so I'm definitely uh, keeping some form of, well, with iPhone, so Safari or Chrome. I guess they're interchangeable, so Safari. Because what Dan mentioned is, is that you can log into other things that you need, your banking app, things of that nature, uh, do reservations to other places. So you can use that in lieu of the app. Um, the other one that I'm keeping is Spotify because that combines both the music and the podcast. So you get to keep both of those. And then the other part, just due to where I am and where I live, Atlanta, I'm keeping my maps app, the GPS app, because you got to get around. So those are the three that I'm keeping. The rest you of the stuff find I can the work out. You got you to, because this traffic in Atlanta is the absolute worst. Crazy. Don't add me on the apps I'm keeping and don't add me on that traffic because it's awful. All right. All right. So then we're going to get into the next one here. What is the worst job you ever had? Oh, my gosh. I've never had a bad job. I've I've learned so much from every job. It's been such an incredible learning. Don't 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 at me. I like I've I've loved like I cannot in good conscience tell you I've ever had a bad job because I've learned so much and grown so much as a person every time I was faced with something that I could not do. All right, Dan, that is that is awesome and diplomatic. I can tell you right now that Debo and I are not going to take the diplomatic route. We're going to go in the opposite direction. So Debo. the problem is I've got to figure out which bad job is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many. Like the Orange Company, 16, that me and him worked at is, is crazy. Definitely, definitely at the top, one of the top. But I think any job where I had to do manual labor is probably the worst job. So, oh, I got a perfect one. Um, delivering newspapers. I actually delivered newspapers for about a year. You were doing um, AJC? Yeah, yeah. I would go, I, and this was like after college and that stuff like that. So I would like have to be there every day, like three in the morning. I had a truck, I had to explore, and I would have to load up. You have to load up your own papers, right? And so we would load up these papers in the back of the truck and I would drive from like three in the morning to like six in the morning delivering papers on this route. And it was just trash. And like people would complain they didn't get the paper. It was that was definitely the worst job I ever had. Yeah. AJC, that was terrible. You learn something every day, every day. All right. Uh, for me, the worst job I ever had now. Debo and I shared an employer and every day there was the worst day ever. But I have one that beats that and I'm going to name them by name. It's this company called All Connect. I don't know if you ever heard of them before, but basically, you know, you could call uh, you call them like if you're moving, they would basically they were partners with all of the people. And they could like change your cable and your lights and you could do all that in one phone call, except they try to make the reps upsell them on stuff. It was the worst place ever. The building was dirty. It get real busy and they, they would suspend breaks, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. And I used to have to give myself a pep talk every day just to walk in the building. Like, okay, I need this job. I need I, I need the money. I got to go in here and do it. But it was a pep talk every day for that. Look at that. He's living through our experiences. I'm so like, sorry. I'm so sorry terrible. for you, man. I'm so that sorry. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it, was, sounds it, was, terrible. It, was, it was just awful. It's a time in my life working there I'd like to forget so that's the worst job don't add me Dan's got the look yeah. on his face oh, just the humanity of it like having to upsell people stuff that you don't believe in oh my gosh yes not oh. fun times best Ooh, day ever honorable mention. I quit. 
honorable mention to UPS. I worked at UPS when I was in high school. And let me just tell you, working in the UPS facility sucks ass because it was so hot during the summertime. And like, you have to load up those trucks, man. It was a four, this is how you know trash. It was only four and a half hours. And they only gave you a 15 minute break. And the 15 minute break was like the mad dash to the break room to try to get something to drink. And it was, it was like, oh, ew. Oh, you just see a sea of people just trying to get to the to, to the to the cola machine. Terrible job. But yeah, AJC still was worse because news paper is heavy. People don't realize paper is actually heavy, bro. It was terrible. Putting the papers in the bags, they didn't even do it for you. You have to do it yourself. And you have oh. like a thousand papers delivered, that's a long time. It's yeah. No yeah, thanks. <laughs> no thanks, Tebow. <laughs> All right, so Dan, we got two more here for you. All right, so the next one is: if you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be and why? Uh, it would be doing customer service and bookkeeping type stuff for my business, because uh, as much as I love interfacing with people, I like interfacing with people in a coaching way where I'm helping them get better. And while we could on a very high mindset level say that, yes, every touch point with a customer is an opportunity to make them better. Having someone be like, you know, oh, you know, I bought this thing from you six months ago and I never used it. And now I want to get my money back is like, oh, why do we even have to do this? So that 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 would be that would be the one. And by the way, it's to be the first thing I hire out is like, I don't want to do. I, I don't want to. I just want to make books and help people. Like, absolutely. <laughs> First job I'm giving somebody else is you taking this customer service gig. He's like, I, he's like, I don't. I, I'm gonna just move this off my plate here. Absolutely. So we're not gonna ask absolutely. you on that one, Dan, for sure. Absolutely. Debo, uh, man, if you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be and why? I mean, obviously, I would not want to work anymore, right? But I got to make money. So, yep. uh, I, I, I would, I don't. Oh, just it, it, cleaning. If I didn't have to clean, oh. I would be a because I have a I have a nine year old, and that kid is just everywhere. And like, I don't know if you know this, but like, if you give a kid play doh and they leave it out. That thing turns into rocks. And I don't know if you ever woken up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and stepped on an actual rock. It's crazy. So if I could hire somebody, if I could get somebody to come in here and clean my house every day after Mason does what he does, that would just be a godsend. Because ugh, it's pa so terrible. Pa pa parent Chronicles. And I just would like to take this opportunity to say parents who give away Play-Doh at birthday parties. <laughs> I hope your fries are cold every time you get them somewhere. Legos, you are going to a special place in hell because you knew Awful. that was a terrible <laughs> gift for the parents. And yet you still gave it and you didn't care. You it's knew. You knew the whole time. The whole time. And chose to do nothing. <laughs> and and they just because and the thing is they say, Well, I had to do it, you do it. No, that's not how life works. What uh... do we do? <laughs> That is too funny, but yes, they need to just not don't don't give those away at parties, okay? Please don't. I'm gonna add somebody on that one. Don't give it away. It's the worst ever. All right. So Dan, we got the last one here for you. All right. You're at the I, I equate this with like the movie theater. All right. So you're at the movie theater. You at the Coke freestyle machine. All right. You got one choice. What is that drink of choice that we're choosing at the Coke freestyle machine? Oh, it's gonna be probably Diet Coke and if they have the lime, I'm gonna do like half lime 
just like straight lime with just like a little bit of like just enough sweetness to count get get like the most maniacal balance between sweet and sour that you've ever had in your life and then just oh maybe can i get some popcorn too with this m16 like please yes absolutely oh oh thank you you gotta get the big tub the big listen okay so yeah we're doing we're doing probably half or three quarters diet coke and then just all lime just lime Mm. all day every day and then maybe some popcorn with that Mm. All right, Dan is ready for what if the movie's good or bad, he's good to go. He's oh, good no, to go I don't on care that. About the movie Absolutely. Time. I'm in heaven. <laughs> no, you're good to go. All right, Devo. Coach um, Freestyle Machine, what's the choice? I mean I'm gonna sound real basic and don't don't hate me. But I'm a suicide kind of guy. Like I'm a little bit of everything in my cup and making it some crazy swirl. Right, especially if they have like the Coke Freestyle, they have all the different Hawaii uh, 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 high seas. Yeah. So I'm just hitting all of those: the orange, the fruit punch, the peach, the da, 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 and I'm just filling my cup up. And then I'm going to get me because I'm a nacho guy. I, I love movie nachos with that movie cheese, and it's the cheapest cheese you ever tasted, but it's so good with the nachos. Because so that's so salty, and yes. then that drink is super sweet, and it's the perfect balance. Nice, nice. All right. The Coke Freestyle Machine is also one of those ones that have you under the gun because you like, if you hadn't made up your mind when you're in line, you standing there and you just don't know what to do with yourself. You're like, I don't know. You, you holding but, up the line and now you feel yeah, pressure to just do something. It's like, yo, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I don't know. But um, for me, I know that my go-to is high C orange. Like, I got the big, huge cup. I, I forget how many ounces it is. It's an entire trough filling that up with high C orange. And then I'm yeah. getting the big tub of popcorn too with that one. So yeah, it's definitely high C orange. But I'm gonna tell you what, what was not a hard choice that was playing Don't At Me with Dan Spencer on the aftermath. He did a great job with us playing this game, man. Make sure he said he wanted his Diet Coke with just a gang of lime in it and a big popcorn. But uh, yeah, appreciate you you know putting up with our nonsense with that damn. M16, that was one of the funnest question rounds I have ever been a part of in my life. Thank you for those questions. That was awesome. Nice. I appreciate the compliment. You know, we aim to please around here, so uh, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you for that. You are now listening and, uh, to the radio show. They are, they are. They are really good. They are like the sexiest vegetables. They're so good. Well, I don't want sexy. I want it to taste good. You're older than all of us. You should learn to like sexy vegetables. You're going to need them. Your joints need them. Yes, I'm, I'm good. You don't want to pull a muscle tying up your shoe, 16. I mean, it happens for me in your age. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers. And, um, you know, Dan, I just want to go ahead and say, you know, that uh, this was a great conversation, a uh, wealth of knowledge mixed with personality, mixed with just a profound message. Um, you are an excellent guest with plenty to offer. Um, we would love to continue dialogue with you in the future. Just catch up with you, see how things are going, or just talk about whatever. This show is random. We talk about many different subjects, so we'd love to, you know, have you back just to talk about whatever because you seem well-rounded in everything, and uh, you know, it's great to talk to. Um, to re- reiterate, just to make sure, you know, again, the show dance some love. He has a YouTube channel. All right, Music Mentor Dan Spencer. Just search that out on YouTube, on Instagram. Follow him at Music Mentor Dan. And his website is musicmentordanspencer.com. Show him some love on his book. And, you know, this is a man with a wealth of knowledge. It's someone that you need to be getting to know. So, Dan, I mean, again, thank you so much for this time and the knowledge. And like I said, we look forward to further conversation in the future. M16, 
Devo, thank you so very much. This has been no awesome. Problem. No, thank nice. you, man. Like I said, this is the most unique interview I've ever had, and I've learned so much, so I really appreciate it. I might go out here and really make a book for about podcasting. I'm really thinking about it now. Today's the day. It is. Because what did Dan say? You're not an author until you write a book. Until you so, write a book, man. Gotta put Dan, you gotta put that on a t-shirt. You gotta put that Absolutely. on a t-shirt. Now, <laughs> That's a slogan. You guys do it 75% at the end of the year. How about that? <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're Absolutely. Gonna, we're going we're gonna to work that out. And um, like I said, again, Dan, thank you so much for the time. And, uh, you know, we'll... we'll you are now listening to The Radio Show. All right, Debo, we're back here on the Aftermath. We just got done talking to Dan Spencer. Um, man, you want to talk about somebody who knows what they are doing in their genre that they're working in. When he said music mentor and expert, that was not just talk. That is the real deal, man. What did you pick up from listening to Dan? The fact that he's more so than just a music mentor. He can just be an actual mentor. Just just forget the music part. Because everything that he was talking about can be applied to any facet of your life, which is excellent, right? Um, we were even talking about the fact that you can, he broke down the way that you can create a book and put a lot of work into it. Or you can just do like the write a book for dummies and just and just take voice notes and hire an editor and and go to printing and you can have it on amazon literally in weeks days really is amazing you know so he is absolutely one of the best most interesting guests we have uh, ever talked to at least i have and i know for a fact i might just try to write a book he showed you the way to do it because remember man he got the he got the phrase you're not an author until you write a book all right so Definitely. if you want to get some more of those gems from Dan, check out his YouTube channel, all right? Just search Music Mentor Dan Spencer, all right? Follow him on Instagram at Music Mentor Dan. And his website is musicmentordanspencer.com. The information is on the screen. It's also going to be in the podcast description as well. Give him a like, a follow, a listen. Get his book. All of it counts. All of it is support. And we would all definitely appreciate it. Now, for our awesome guest co-host, Debo, who, uh, you know, like I said, he's the cousin that just keeps coming by. All right. You want to check <laughs> yeah, him out. <laughs> Information is on the screen. My Black Friend Podcast. All right. Radiocircus.net. Debo, what y'all got coming down, man? Anything interesting going on with My Black Friend? Well, we just had the 10th anniversary episode drop. We just had the uh, My Black Radio Show with you all, the collab uh, collaboration with y'all that just dropped. And we actually are talking about doing the next episode would probably be our holiday episode. Um, we're probably gonna we usually do a Thanksgiving episode, but we're probably gonna make it just general holiday this year So like in the next couple of weeks like right after Halloween or so you should be expecting it All right, cool cool And they got plenty of stuff in the archives for you to check out just go to radiocircus.net or wherever you listen to podcasts It's search for my black friend with Debo and Danny. All right. Yeah, I will not be disappointed All right, then lastly uh, for the radio show ATL if you want to be a guest on the radio show ATL Just send us an email to radio show inbox at gmail.com or you can send us a text 678-800-1677. We look forward to hearing from you. So again, much love to Dan Spencer, excellent guest, a excellent uh, music expert, someone that you should be in touch with. If you're you know, a musician, you're trying to get it popping, he's available out there. Go check him out, all right? Information is going to be in the podcast description. So again, Debo, appreciate you always coming through, man. You know, Much love on that one. And uh, thank you to all the people who listen and watch the radio show ATL. It all counts. We definitely appreciate y'all. And we're going to keep dropping this heat all 2023. So, again. Because every like and subscribe gets you a what? 
another like another and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Absolutely. So Shout like out to and subscribe. All right. Absolutely. So we appreciate y'all. And uh, like I said, we're going to keep dropping this heat all 2023 and we're going to catch y'all next time. Hi, these are the guys from the ZZ Talk podcast. I'm Zeno. I'm Zeus. We are a podcast of two ordinary guys who talk about everything and anything, including sports, entertainment, politics, as well as an interview or two or five. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, or wherever else you find your podcasts. That's the ZZ Talk Podcast. ZZ hyphen talk podcast. Like and subscribe. Hey, this is Alora Lovelight, and you're tuned in to the radio show ATL. Make sure to check out my latest single, Erodicy, and follow at It's The Radio Show on Instagram. If you want your music heard on the radio show, email the radio show inbox at gmail.com. <laughs>